At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And welcome in. I'm neither Tim Murray nor Sean King. I'm just going to try to live up to their incredible example. But I am Dan Leach, the host of the Detroit CityCast, often a guest on VEASAN. It's great to be here on this fine July 4th holiday. Hopefully you enjoyed. Well, if you're out on West Coast time, I'm here in the Midwest in Detroit. If you're on West Coast time, your celebrations are still going on. You're still having the hot dogs and the baked beans and the corn on the grill and all the other accoutrements and watching maybe some fireworks on the lake or uh, you know, I, some kind somewhere on the mountains and having a great July 4th. And we've got a jam-packed show for you. I know my man Tim Murray's going to check in later in the program. And I will say this, it's so awesome to, to be in for the guys tonight because about a little over a year or so ago, the first shows I ever did on the network were with Tim Murray by his side out there at Circus Sportsbook on the nightcap. We had Brent Musburger crash the show. One night got to work with the legendary producer, producer Aaron. He's the best. And uh, I, I'm very honored to be able to to fill in tonight for the guys. And, and as I mentioned, jam-packed show. We got Wes Reynolds coming up, uh, host of the Long Shots podcast, talking a little golf with him. He's been on fire. I thought I was on fire with golf. He's been on fire hitting winners week in, week out. Uh, we've got Pam Maldonado, a betting analyst for Yahoo. We'll get into some Wimbledon with her. I do have some hot Wimbledon tickets that are still alive. So looking forward to talking a little tennis with Pam, Jonathan Von Tobel will join us. He's a senior NBA analyst and host of The Edge. Patrick Everson, biggest sports gambling reporter. And as I mentioned, Tim Murray, hopefully will give me a passing grade. I'm working, I, I want to get at least a, a B-plus tonight. I mean, I, I, I would love the A-plus, but I'll settle for a B-plus because I have such big shoes to fill with my man Tim Murray. And, of course, Sean King. But, listen, this is a, you know, a, a holiday on July 4th where people are getting together they're spending time with family. They're looking for things to bet on. And, of course, look no further than at noon earlier today, obviously based on whatever your time zone is, you got Joey Chestnut, the legend, in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I know they have that, like, lemonade chug with, uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name, Outland or Outward or whatever. Yeah, Badlands, Badlands. By the way, I've always wondered. How do they figure it, like, if you spill, like, three ounces? Like, is there are there rules for that? Like, I mean, I don't think that, that uh, Badlands spilled that much, 
But I mean, if you spill like more than a couple sips, is that still counting for the world record? He extended his own world record, but that was the, you know, the, the undercard. And then of course the women's hot dog eating contest, but the big situation was with Joey Chestnut. And, you know, I, I talked about this when I was out with Stormy on her show, my guys in the desert last week leading up to this. And I said, listen, I will bet on literally anything. I've bet on marble racing. I've bet on darts. I've been on Russian three by three volleyball and and well, maybe I'm sorry, three by three basketball. I've also been on Russian five on five volleyball. I took the Russian Air Force. Like now I would do that like if it was it was a year ago or before the obviously the war, I would do that now, maybe. But I'll bet on anything. But the fact that we're handicapping hot dog eating contests, it just seemed crazy to me. But listen, there's a I got multiple texts throughout the morning and actually the last couple of days. Leach, what do you think? Am I taking the under? Uh, should I take any of these uh, these huge underdogs? I mean, Joey Chestnut was minus three to five thousand dollars based on where you got it at. But you know, it was all about figuring out if there was value on the over under, and I was all about the under. I, my, my my good friend Ken Cal, the legendary voice of the Detroit Red Wings, he loves talking odds and gambling. He had tweeted at me earlier this morning saying, "All right, handicap this for me. Listen, under, 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 under." Now, of course, it went under. But not without some controversy when you had a couple protesters, but one that got in the way. You see it right there if you're watching uh, on video, if you're not on the radio, or if you're listening on the radio. I'll just tell you, or audio version, excuse me. You know, Joey Chestnut basically put this Darth Vader esque protester that was protesting Smithfield uh, in a chokehold. He put him in a chokehold while he was still eating hot dogs, which is just insanity. Like, first off, the fact we're betting on hot dog eating contests is awesome to begin with. But then you got a protester that in the middle of Joey Chestnut trying to set new records and eat 70-plus hot dogs, gets in the way, Chestnut gets him in the headlock, could have killed the guy. But I love what DraftKings did because there was a lot of talk on Twitter and different social media about what to do if you had the over. The over was 74 and a half. The over was plus 110. The under was minus 130. I laid, I think it was 120 when I took the under 74 and a half, and I, and I was all about it. But what do you do about the over when you literally have a protester break up Joey's eating rhythm? And these, say what you will. I mean, I, I was kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek saying that I can't believe we're handicapping hot dog eating contests, but that's where we're kind of at with gambling. I have no problem with that. I'll bet on anything. But there, it really is, a, you know, there are lots of factors when it comes to the hot dog eating contest, it was really hot today in New York. You know, obviously you got people that are bumping into the, you know, the the world record holder and the the huge favorite Joey Chestnut. So that definitely affected things. And DraftKings decided to refund every bet that was made on the over in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And you know, it went way under. Here's the the tweet. If if you didn't see it earlier. They said with the disruption during Nathan's hot, Nathan's hot dog eating contest, we'll be refunding all single bets on Joey Chestnut over 74 and a half hot dogs eating. I mean, can you live in a better country than America? You can bet on hot dog eating contests, and it's like baseball. If it rains, they make it up to you. If there's a protester that bumps into Joey Chestnut, you get your bet back. That is awesome. Uh, but listen, I, I I was on the under, so I don't have to worry about anything on that that uh you know uh, side of the ledger. Uh, but Chestnut eats 63, goes way under the total. Esper, you know, his uh, number was 52 and a half. He went way under 47 and a half. And, and where he uh, was 48 and a half, the under minus 160. And he went way under 40 hot dogs 
Uh, so Joey Chestnut doesn't set a new record, but it's still something that's obviously been being talked about around the country. And listen, I understand that July 4th is the day of independence. I just read something, by the way, that two of three uh, people don't realize who America gained independence from. So I'm not even going to get into that. But it's a day to express your love for the country, patriotism, freedom of speech, whatever you want to do. I have no problem with people protesting. You don't do it in the middle of a hot dog eating contest. That was insanity. And, you know, Chestnut took it like the pro that he is. That, that protester looked like he was half his size. Maybe Chestnut was thinking about eating the protester. But you had a couple, you know, guys in dark theater helmets protesting, whatever. Yeah, I'm not even going to bring it up and give them any more attention. Uh, but to see Chestnut react the way he did and put the guy in a chokehold. I mean, look at that. It's just ridiculous. And then he, he while he was eating hot dogs. He was eating hot dogs while putting a protester in a chokehold. This might have been, I was talking to producer Aaron about this earlier, maybe one of the greatest athletic moments in recent sports history. And if you don't want to call the hot dog eating contest a sport or competitive eating a sport, you're just being silly. You go try to eat 10 hot dogs, yet alone 70 plus. You go try to chug a gallon of lemonade in under 50 seconds. You go try to eat like three pounds of wings in whatever the time period that you have to eat the, you know, the wings are in. So Competitive eating is definitely a sport because it is a skill and it's something that most people can't do. And to be able to eat all those hot dogs and be disrupted and interrupted in the middle of it with thousands of people watching, millions watching around the country, that crazy guy in the weird old time hat. I, I, was, I was trying to figure out, is that that guy's main job? Is that all he does? He hypes up eating contests? Because if so, that's a hell of a job. So I'm sure the guy gets paid decent. You know, to go around and definitely do the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But is that the guy that, like, you know, I'm not like the biggest, uh, all, you know, full disclosure, hot dog eating, you know, or competitive eating sycophant. I know a little bit about it. I watched Kobayashi. I watched Joey Chestnut. I mean, I know, I watched the, the cool stories they did on ESPN about uh, the female champ. I'm forgetting I mean, her name is escaping me right now, but she got married to another competitive eating uh, champion and they had a baby. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm fascinated by all that kind of stuff. But, it's one of the it's one of those things where, I mean, I just cannot believe that that happened on July Fourth. You have every right to express your views, but don't do it in the middle of something that means a lot to so many people, especially those guys up there that are eating, you know, dozens and dozens of hot dogs in front of millions of people. But I, I love what what DraftKings did. You know, it was a very American way of handling it. If you had the over, you got your money back. I'm, I'm, we're going to talk. Later on with Patrick Everson and see maybe other sports books did that. It's actually, you think about it, they've done these things before when there's, you know, been things that have affected games that have been nothing to do with the actual game itself, where, you know, sports books will get a lot of publicity by refunding wagers. If there was like a controversial call or a shot that should have counted that didn't or anything like that, this is a great way for, you know, a, a sports book. And obviously, DraftKings was genius by doing this to get some very positive publicity because this is a great time to be involved with gambling is it's legal in a lot of different states, including mine here in Michigan around the country, but hats off to chess that he wins it again. Uh, you know, the guy is one of the, he's like the Rafael Nadal of, uh, you know, the Nathan Tottenham contest. They each have, they each have 14 titles. So the greatest of all time, I know Kobayashi, I believe said a couple of days ago, he still thinks he's the best of all time, but either way I can't eat more than I, I love hot dogs. Maybe I could eat eight. But definitely not in the you know a short period of time. That's for sure. 
Uh, but Chestnut gets 63, does go way under. Uh, and what this that, that is speaking of July 4th. That's one of your great traditions, aside from the barbecues and the parades and the fireworks and the, you know, going to the lake. The the Nathan's hot dog eating contest has become a pretty big deal. They do a good job. It's right out there at noon. You know, it's before everyone necessarily is getting all their stuff going uh, on the day for, you know, uh, whatever their plans are. And, and we had another one today. It definitely caused a little controversy, but helped some people out if they had the over. All right, we got a big show for you here. It's great to be here with you on this July 4th holiday. We'll get with Wes Reynolds, the host of Long Shots uh, from Visa coming up in a little bit. We'll talk some NBA on the other side. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving rumors. It is the nightcap. Dan Leachin for Tim Murray and Sean King. You're watching Visa, the sports betting network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Are you ready for a fresh start? We mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zin 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at Zin.com slash 10. That's Zin, Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zin Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Dan Leach in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on the Nightcap. we joined by Wes Reynolds coming up next uh, to talk a little golf. But I want to get into some NBA stuff here. And very, very interesting, the, st- you know, the, the situation that's going on with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And before we get into anything, we're going to give you the updated odds for both Durant's next team and Kyrie's next team. I love the NBA. I always have. I'm here in Detroit. Our Pistons have been garbage for the better part of a decade. And it looks like, you know, my man Troy the Dream Weaver, the new GM, uh, is, is finally getting us into a place here in Detroit where things could change after the great going-to-work uh, Pistons era you know, you know, going to multiple NBA finals, winning the title in 04. But one of the things that is really frustrating me for years with the NBA is just how players are kind of dictating where they go. I know some people out there don't care, 
But that's just something that is really, I mean, I'm not like super angry about it, but that's kind of where we're at right now in the NBA. We're like, you know, LeBron James, I'm taking my talents to and the decision and all the nonsense that came with that. It's like players are running the teams now as opposed to the GMs deciding where the players go. And we kind of have a situation like that with Durant. And and listen, guys like Kevin Durant or a Steph Curry or a LeBron, uh, you know, or you know, some of the best players in the NBA, they've earned the right. I don't want to say earn the right to decide where they go. I guess in in you know, for better or worse, that's kind of how things are working these days. But this is different than if it was someone that has been in the league for a few years, you know, that that has not reached that superstar status. And those kind of players don't really dictate terms. But the fact that we have, you know, this would never happen in the 80s with Jordan and Bird and Barkley. These guys would never try to build super teams. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, uh, you know, an old curmudgeon because, of course, I'm not acting like I'm 18 or 15 most days. But that, I miss those days where teams were built by guys like here in Detroit, Trader Jack McCloskey and, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Jerry West that would put teams together. And that's how you became successful through the draft, through free agency and trades, but not having the players dictate where they're going and, you know, creating super teams in Boston and Miami and elsewhere. But the latest is, you know, Chris Kyrie opted in to his $36.5 million player option on June 27th, ironically my mother's birthday. She doesn't even know who Kyrie Irving is. But now his future uh, in Brooklyn obviously is uncertain. Uh, I know ESPN's Brian Winhurst reported that Durant and Irving still want to play together, just not in Brooklyn. And this is on the heels of Durant asking the Nets team owner, Joe Tsai, for a trade this past Thursday. And he said that the Heat and the Suns were his preferred destination. And talking to Bruce Aaron before the show about this, you know, there are you buying this that there's some steam on a team like the Raptors that was like eight to twelve to one, and now they're plus two fifty. You know, the favorite for uh, you know Durant is the team he mentioned. Obviously, he mentioned the Heat as well. The Suns they they've been the favorite. They're minus one forty, but we've seen some big movement odds wise on the Raptors. And then there were rumors out. Of course, we'll get to the rest of the odds there in, in a second. But before I, I just wanted to say Kyrie's next team. You know, uh, odds as well, the, the rumors about the Lakers. But look at Durant right now. Suns, minus 140. Raptors, plus 250. Uh, you know, the Nets, 8-1. to one. He talked about wanting to, you know, obviously be a, on a team with Kyrie, but it's probably not going to be in Brooklyn, so I think the Nets are probably out. I mean, never say never. The Blazers, 12-1. to one. Miami, the other team that he mentioned, along with the Suns, at 12-1. to one. The Bulls, 12-1. to one. Can you imagine him with DeRozan? The Sixers, I don't think he's going to Philadelphia at 15 to 1, along with the Warriors. I don't think he's going to back to the Warriors at 15 to 1. And then the Pelicans, it'd be interesting if Zion could get healthy if he was with the Pelicans. Uh, they are currently 18 to 1. To me, as soon as he came out and asked for the, the trade with, with Josiah, the owner of the Nets, and mentioned the Suns, and I know, as I said, he mentioned the Heat as well. To me, and, and what I'm hearing with people that I know that cover the NBA much closer than I do. Uh, the Suns are the most likely destination. That's why they're the favorite on the betting odds. But then this, this kind of, as I mentioned, what Brian Winters reported, the fact they want to still play together, and if that's going to be a possibility. So take, let's take a look at Kyrie's odds. And I mentioned the rumors about him going to the Lakers, and I have some really close friends that are big Lakers fans that are having you know, uh, you know, Kyrie gasms, if you will. The Lakers, the huge favorite at minus four hundred. It looks like that's what's going to happen. The Nets, of course, six to one. Uh, I think that neither Kyrie or, or Durant are going to play with the Nets again. Uh, the Mavs, twelve to one. 76ers, fifteen to one. Heat, fifteen to one. 
Uh, the Knicks, the Knicks are, are not smart enough to find a way to get Kyrie, or maybe they are smart enough and Kyrie would be a bad choice for them because uh, they basically the Pistons traded uh, for Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks for air. They basically traded the Knicks air for those two guys, uh, and Knicks fans were going nuts on me. Uh, the Timberwolves, 18-1, to and the Bulls, 18-1. to I mean, if you look at this based on the odds, and there have been murmurs, of course, the last 24 to 48 hours, it looks like, you know, Kyrie's going to go to the Lakers, but Durant... Could it be a team like Toronto that there's definitely some movement and and some noise about that, but is that going to be what ends up happening when Durant didn't list that as one of the two teams, you know, that he wanted to go to? And plus, the Nets, they they do have some leverage in this situation. Uh, You know, we we see how these trades go in the NBA where there's like, you know, 15 second-round picks and four future first and some are protected and some are not. So the Nets definitely have leverage when you're looking at guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And is there a way that some team could pull off some kind of crazy coup and get them to be able to play together? I would say that's very unlikely. I mean, I'm looking forward to later in the show, uh, you know, asking Jonathan Von Tobel what his thoughts are on this, obviously the odds part of it, but just the, the general ability of these two players having a chance to go somewhere else and play together again. And and by the way, and I talked about this throughout the year on my show, the Detroit CityCast, uh, the various shows that I've filled it in here on VEASAN or was on as a guest. The Nets, the fact that they were the favorite and one of the, the favorites all season long, you know, even when they were still in the eight seed spot and we didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs and you know, can they flip the switch, they still were like two to one to win the East. I thought that was ridiculous. That team was poorly constructed, too many stars. That's kind of the whole premise that I'm giving you where I'm not trying to be like angry NBA guy because I don't want to get NBA Twitter mad at me, but I just don't like how this is where we're at in the NBA, that players are dictating things. There's all these super teams. Teams are trading, you know, the salaries have gotten, I mean, I'm not worried about the money, but they've just gotten crazy when you don't have money after you give a super max to somebody to get other players. I mean, the Pistons for years here, for example, in Detroit, they had, they were in salary cap hell. Now they have some of the most cap space in the, in the league. Who's going to want to go there? I mean, it just the competitive balance in the NBA. And that's why I, I gave you the example going back to the eighties where the Jordans and the Barclays and the Larry birds and, and others would never have Isaiah Thomas would never have tried to create these super teams. They wanted to beat you with their guys. They wanted to build, you know, Jordan got his Scotty Pippen, obviously, and the Bill Weddingtons. And here in Detroit, we had John Spider Sally and Vinnie Johnson and Dennis Rodman. They wanted to build teams that, you know, could sustain long-term viable contention and weren't good for two years. Then you're trading half the team or good for a year, and then the next year everyone's gone and they're garbage, they're back to the lottery. It's just that, that to me is not the NBA. But I will say I did enjoy the playoffs. I thought it was a fantastic playoff year in the NBA. Some series obviously much better than others. And then, you know, to have the Warriors find a way back uh, after going down early in that series to Boston. You got a young Boston team that hadn't been there. Warriors had, what, like 160 or so games, I believe it was, of NBA Finals experience going in. The Warriors, or the Celtics had zero. So it was a fun year, and there's a lot of good young teams. I mean, I'm excited to see what Memphis can do with John Moran my Pistons here in Detroit with Cade Cunningham uh, and, and the great, you know, two draft picks they got this year. Uh, so it's it's fun to have these players go to different markets if you're in that market. But if you're a fan like me, and aside from the betting aspect of it, 
and people keep hopping all over the place and there's no stability, that's just a turnoff to me. But if it, just to handicap it right now, I think there's a small amount of value on taking, as far as Durant goes, taking the heat because he mentioned the heat as being a destination for him and that they're 12 to 1. But of course, you know, the money and the, the rumors are all looking like Durant is going to be a, a Phoenix Sun or possibly a Raptor and that Kyrie is very likely going to be a Los Angeles Laker. And I would love to see how that works out there. That's for sure. Uh, but we'll see how the, you know, the, the news kind of continues to move these odds. And we'll see where these two former teammates or current teammates now, but look, look, look to be former teammates, uh, end up going forward. All right, we will talk with Wes Reynolds, the host of the Long Shots podcast. Coming up next, he's been incredibly hot when it comes to golf. Had JT posted it 55 to 1 uh, last week. We'll get with him coming up next. It's Daily Jit for Tim Murray and Sean King on the nightcap right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Competed 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions as well. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. I'm talking about your st- starting a run to victory. He's been doing it for a long time, including this past weekend. It's my man Wes Reynolds, host of the Long Shots po- uh, podcast and many other things, joining us here on July 4th. Wes, thanks so much for uh, for spending some holiday fun with us. Dan, good to be with you on a 4th of July night. And speaking of that holiday fun, I mean, I know it's Monday now, but yesterday, how about a wire-to-wire finish for you at the John Deere Classic with JT Poston. Uh, you know, I was talking to you off air. I love betting golf, too. I've had a lot of success this last couple of months. Nothing the last two weeks. He wasn't on my radar. You made a great case for him, though. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, he had, uh, I believe, three top 13 finishes in the last yep. eight events. And he finished second, by the way, the previous Sunday at the Traveler. Shot at 64 in the final round. And... You know, it was kind of removed from the drama between Sahith Gala and then, of course, the eventual winner, Xander Schauffele. But when a guy usually gets a good final round, a good finish to a tournament or a really low round on a Sunday, I oftentimes think that he can carry that momentum over to the next week. And obviously, the John Deere Classic, based on where it was in the schedule, you didn't have a lot of the top-end players, and you usually don't anyway, because right. most years it's the week before the Open Championship. And then, plus the addition of... You know, several guys playing in the live event out in Portland. You had the Irish Open. You had the J.P. McManus Pro-Am that started today where you had nine of the top ten in the world committed. So the John Deere, unfortunately, got skipped by a lot of the top players. But Poston was a guy that I felt could play very well. The approach was really good. I think he was second on approach last week at the Travelers, and he carried that over this week. He ended up being first in greens and regulation. I think he had, like, 88%, I think it was like 63 of 72 that he did. And and look, when you're hitting these dart iron shots to two feet, you're going to make a lot of birdies, and he certainly did that. Had to hang on a little bit on Sunday. Only, I think, went two under on his round. But 
you know, looked like he was going to pull away and then kind of gave back, let guys into the field. But that's just Sunday pressure of trying to win a tournament because this guy hadn't won since 2019 at the Wyndham and trying to lock up that two-year PGA exemption and get that spot in the Open Championship. So there's a lot of pressure, but he came through. Yep, never a bad day when you go wire to wire. You and I both were on Adam Schenck, of course, on holiday like with Drew after a opening round seventy seven. He was fourth and sixth uh, the last or twenty twenty one and twenty nineteen respectively. Uh, so that didn't work out. But you had mentioned, uh, you know, obviously the live uh, action in, in Oregon, and I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, on this because for me, and I'm someone like I mentioned, and obviously not at the level you are because you are killing it with all these outrights. But I love betting golf. I think it's the most value out there, uh, and. I think that there's zero value in betting live golf, at least right now. Maybe that will change, but it's it's a, for me, it's a motivation factor, Wes. It's this shotgun start, which I'm not saying I have a problem with, but it's just the way this thing is being put together where just money's being thrown in bushels at these players and the issues between them and the PGA Tour. For me, I just haven't really seen any value betting it so far. Have you? Yeah, well, the first tournament I, I did win with Schwartzel, but I'm basically just throwing darts at this thing, Dan. There's only 48 players in the field, so how deep can you go? I mean, most weeks when I'm doing a full-field PGA Tour, DP World Tour event, you're looking anywhere from five to seven, maybe eight guys, depending on the size of the field, if you're having your usual 150, 160-player field. But in live, you know, you can maybe – maybe try one, two, or three guys. I've basically thrown three darts and one landed up for Schwartzel in the London event. Didn't land any there in Portland, but it is kind of difficult because you do question the motivation for some of these guys because it's like they're, they're getting paid all of this money, right. but what is the sense of urgency? Because keep in mind, the live golf events, you don't get world ranking points right now. They're still applying to try to get that, so you don't get any points in the OWGR, so it's like, okay, where's the urgency? If I know I'm getting paid anyway and I can be part of this team event, I mean, look at what Pat Perez did. Look at how much money he made being part of that team event, even though he, I think he finished maybe just outside the top 10 as an individual. So it's like, you're getting paid this stupid money. So it's like, what's really the motivation? Because you're really not competing against the world's best right now. Yeah, to me, it's, I mean, and I say this with respect because I'm not going to hate on people getting money, but it's like a glorified exhibition. And until, like you mentioned, uh -huh. the world golf rankings and all the other stuff, Wes, it's like, what's the motivation? Well, how can you trust, uh, aside from just throwing darts, but what are your darts obviously hit? Because that's what you do. Uh, I wanted to to look forward here. And of course, we got the Open Championship in a couple weeks. Con Morikawa defending his championship. We're going back to St. Andrews. That's going to be awesome. But you've got two uh, events this week. You've got the you know Scottish Open. Last year, Minwoo Lee, the Australian, won that. Uh, that's, of course, in Scotland and North Berwick. And you've got the Barbasol in Kentucky. Last year, Seamus Power won that. I know you're still working on your columns. Everyone is eagerly anticipating those because all you do is win, my man. It's it's win, win, West. But any leads right now, any guys you're going to try to stay away from when you look at these two events coming up this week? Yeah, this is an, this is an interesting week because – you actually have both of these tournaments that are now co-sanctioned by the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So, you know, the better field, obviously, is the Scottish Open. You've got 14 of the top 15 in the official world golf rankings. The only one not in there, by the way, is Rory McIlroy. Right. But, you know, it's really stacked at the top. But you've got a lot of guys that have maybe only played here one time or never really played here. So you wonder, okay, is this going to be the tune-up? Because... This isn't necessarily pure Link golf at the Scottish Open this week. It's kind of like Link style, but it's not like a classical design. There's a lot of 
tree linings on this course for the Scottish Open this week at Renaissance. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different field. Barbasol, you're going to get a fair amount of DP World Tour players, so a lot of international and European guys playing. But this is a big week for them, too, because they got to try to get that PGA Tour card. You don't get the Masters invite or the PGA invite when in the Barbasol, but you can get a PGA Tour card and go ahead and lock that up with a two-year exemption. So I haven't gotten much into the Barbasol yet, but just looking at the Scottish Open, I may do a little bit of detour from some of the guys at the top. I think Matt Fitzpatrick, you could certainly make a case for. He's runner-up here to Minwoo Lee. You're getting him probably 20 or 22 to 1, but I'm going to look a little bit down the board. And uh, one guy, like, he was actually runner-up here two years ago, lost a playoff to Aaron Rye, and he's played better golf, just hasn't broken through this year. Tommy Fleetwood at around like 50-something to one, I think is one of those players getting ignored. And I think I'm going to take maybe some shots down the board this week with like a Tommy Fleetwood or a Robert McIntyre at 80 to one. Christian Bezadenhut, who is uh, right there in the John Deere Classic yep. at 80 to one. Those are going to be guys I'm looking at. I know it's easy to kind of go with the Roms and the Schefflers because those guys can win any single week wherever they are. But it's like, how are they going to be used to playing links golf? Are they going to be used to these slower greens? Because that's what you're going to see now over here in Scotland. These guys are used to playing on faster greens over here stateside, 12, 12 and a half, 13 on the cent meter. Now these are going to roll 10. These are painfully slow greens. So there's a big adjustment here. And we kind of saw it last year more with the iron play of Colin Marikawa. This turf is a little bit thicker, so he couldn't get his irons through the shot. So it's like, okay, maybe this guy's a fade at the Open Championship. And what does he do? He wins the Claret Chug the very next week. So, you know, sometimes it takes a week for these guys to adjust. No, and I love your your thoughts on Fleetwood. I know he was kind of a sexy pick in the U.S. Open. He is he's starting to put things together. It was kind of a rough, well, maybe let's say eighteen months or so for Fleetwood. But boy, when he's on his tee to green game and just the way he can take over things is is, is someone to watch. So I like where you're going with that. Before I let you go, Wes, thanks again so much uh, for joining us. Don't forget to follow Wes at Wes Reynolds one on Twitter. Uh, have you ever seen anyone disqualified from a pro app? Because now Jordan Spieth can add that to his card. <laughs> and of all the guys, Jordan Spieth, who uh, you know can get a little emotional at himself, but isn't really what you would think would be a hothead. I didn't see the entire circumstance, but I think he just might have, you know, missigned a score or something. But, yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see him uh, get DQ'd, but I think he's still going to play because all these people, these, like, guests, the amateurs that have paid for the right to be in this pro-am to raise a lot of money for charity that J.P. McManus is doing. So they're going to let him play, I think. It's just not going to be an official score. Yeah, yeah, what happened was, Wes, I think that he picked up a gimme putt, but there was still an, a, like an individual part of it. He didn't realize yeah. it, so that's he still was allowed to play the tee part. And you mentioned this bet has raised $145 million in five years. So he's there. These guys are there trying to do a good thing, and then they have to DQ him. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, J.P. McManus, a long time connected to golf. He was actually the former majority owner of Manchester United back in the early 2000s yep. and then sold it to the Glazer family, of course. Wes, great times as always. I appreciate it. Look forward to doing this again with you sometime. And uh, thanks so much for your time on this holiday. Happy 4th. And let's get some more uh, outrights for you going forward. You bet, Dan. Happy 4th to you as well. All right. Great stuff there by Wes Reynolds, host of the Long Shots podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds 1. Much more to come here. Dan Leach in for Tim Murray. Sean King on the nightcap on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The VEASAN Summer Special is here, my friends. For only 19 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Could have gotten Wes's play on JT Poston, 55 to 1. Sign up today, and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL. Well, that season's over, but next year. And NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, costs is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. What a deal. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Thanks again to Wes Reynolds. Please give him a follow at Wes Reynolds 1 on Twitter and check out the Long Shots podcast. Of course, all of his stuff uh, on VEASAN's uh website and all the different things that he does where he's helping you cash some golf tickets like i try to do on the detroit city cast listen to that too it's award-winning uh dan leach in for tim murray and sean king here on your july 4th holiday i know we're getting some texts and tweets from around the country so appreciate people joining us and uh being involved here after a a long holiday weekend it works out you know this happens once every seven years we're july 4th on a monday so you got the the extra, you know, long weekend built in. You know, if July 4th was on a Wednesday, uh, it's a little different. You got the weekend, then you got the first couple of days of the work week, then you got July 4th. Now you got the whole long weekend. I know I had a lot of friends that went out of town, some people that went out on the lake, had all the fun, uh, the festivities. So hopefully you had a great, very happy and healthy 4th of July. Can your fireworks going off right here uh, in Detroit where I'm at? Uh, we do have Pam Maldonado coming up. In a little bit, talking Wimbledon. Some very interesting things going on there on both sides of the draw. And I've got a futures ticket that I'm excited to see what Pam's thoughts are on that. I had, a, I had a, unfortunately, an incredible futures ticket that I, well, I thought it was incredible. Because I got it. It was my man, Alex Dimonor, the Australian that should have played Nick Kyrgios in the quarterfinals, but went down to Garen today, the Chilean, uh, in a crazy five-set match. I got him and actually gave us out, of course, everything I bet on, I came out on my show. I got him at 100 to 1 before the tournament just to make the final. 100 to 1 for my man, Alex DiMinor. And as the draw opened up, the odds went down to 70 to 1, 50 to 1, 30 to 1. Before the match today, he basically was 5 to 1 to make the final. I was so excited. And then all those dreams at around 11 a.m. or so, 10 a.m. or so, 
went up in smoke, but I still have a live with one of them. We'll get to that coming up with Pam Maldonado. Jonathan Van Tobel will join us later on, uh, the VC and senior NBA analyst and host of The Edge. Patrick Everson, Vegas sports gambling reporter. And my man Tim Murray is going to give me a, hopefully a passing grade uh, when he checks in on uh, my job later on tonight. So look forward to talking to Tim. As I mentioned earlier, if you're just joining us, the first show I ever did on VEASAN was this nightcap alongside Tim Murray about a year and a couple months ago. So it's an honor to host this show in him and Sean Kingstead tonight. I want to get into some more NBA action here. And we talked a little while ago about Kyrie and Durant and the rumors for their next team and the betting odds shift. Biggest shift, of course, Durant. Uh, Raptors being his next team from like 8 to 12 to 1 down to plus 250. The Suns still a favorite, minus 140 for Kyrie. The Lakers, the big favorite, minus 400. But let's talk about some big moves with NBA title odds. We've seen some movement in just this last week. And unfortunately, I'm here in Detroit where it's definitely years away, hopefully not that many years away from a title. But if you're in a city like Boston, of course, in the Bay Area, in Phoenix, in Los Angeles, you got two teams that have a chance, uh, even though I think the Lakers are never going to win another title as long as the Broads there. Uh, don't hate me, Lakers fans. Uh, if you're in Milwaukee, if you're in Miami, if you're in Philadelphia, you know, things are possibly going to be where they need to be for you to go on a title run in 2022-23. But let's take a look at, at some of the movement. And a little of this, obviously, of course, based on Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Starting with the Celtics, not that big of a move. Uh, but last week, about six to one, we're seeing them down to five and a half to one. And remember, as I said, you know, about the, the, the Warriors Celtics NBA finals, you had a team in Golden State that had a hundred and, you know, 60 or so plus games of finals experience. The Celtics had zero. Well, guess what? All those Celtics players have a lot more experience in the NBA finals. And with the way the East has kind of ebbed and flowed, and yeah, you've got teams like Milwaukee and teams like Miami and Philadelphia. I don't trust the process, so sorry, Philly guys and girls. But you look at, at the Celtics, they are, I think, the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Do they have the best player? No, that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. But they might be the best overall talented team in the East, and they deserve to be the favorite after what happened with them almost getting by the Golden State Warriors uh, in the NBA Finals this year. The Warriors, their odds shifted the other way. They were about 5.5 to 1 last week. Now they're 6-1. to one. This is where we're starting to see some movement. The Phoenix Suns. Remember, this is the team that, that Kevin Durant said, along with the Miami Heat, to the Nets owner that he wanted to be traded to. Last week, the Suns, who I actually had uh, pegged as the NBA champions, had him playing uh, Milwaukee and the Suns winning it. And the Suns, of course, uh, did not get to the NBA Finals. The Warriors were too good. Uh, but yeah, 9-1 to was where they were last week. And now they are 6-1. to And of course, that is primarily because of the news of Kevin Durant having a decent shot, maybe even a better than decent shot, of becoming a Phoenix Sun along uh, with, you know, a team that I think, you know, the way that Monty Williams has been able to coach them, we'll see what obviously happens with DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, CP3 still around. But that Suns team definitely could go on a title run next year. And they get Kevin Durant, one of the best players in NBA history. Things could be very special for the Phoenix Suns. The clip joint, their odds, uh, a little bit of a move. They were plus 550 last week, now around six or so uh, to one. Bucks, no movement there, but we did see some movement on the Miami Heat. And that was the other team, along with Phoenix, uh, that Kevin Durant had mentioned to the ownership uh, in Brooklyn that he wanted to be traded to. They were 16 to one last week and now 11 to one. And I said this throughout the last couple months of the NBA season, especially through into the playoffs when the Heat 
barely, you know, lost to Boston. They were the most disrespected one seed, maybe in the modern history of the NBA. Because all they did, and they got the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion, in Eric Spolstra. But Strauss and, and Lowry and the Butler did it. And Duncan Robinson from downtown and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. That is a really good team. You add Kevin Durant to that team, they are going to be right there in the mix of the Eastern Conference and have a chance to get to the NBA Finals and win it all. And as I said, they're just, they were such a disrespected one seed. And all they did was keep winning and winning and winning. And they didn't care that people, you know, didn't think they had a chance. I, I picked them to lose in the second round. I had Milwaukee being a better team than them. I had Philadelphia being a better team than them. Actually, I preseason picked Phoenix and Milwaukee, but before the NBA playoffs started, I had Phoenix playing the Philadelphia 76ers for the title. So I didn't even think about taking Miami to go further than maybe the second round. All they did was continue to prove people wrong. And a big, 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 big reason of that is Eric Spolstra, who's, as I said, the best coach in the NBA. Then we get to the Lakers. The Lakers had definitely the biggest move because it looks like, I mean, it's not a done deal, but it sure looks like unless there's some way that they can find uh, a team that could put Kyrie and, and Durant together, as that's what Brian Winters from ESPN had said, that they want to still play together, it looks like Irving's going to be a Laker. And those odds went from 22 to 1 last week to 11 to 1. And, it, I, you know, I can't stress this enough. And it's with all due respect to one of the greatest athletes of all time. I do not believe the Lakers can win a title with LeBron James. Not because he's not good enough, just because that team is poorly constructed with LeBron James and obviously the issues with Westbrook and just how things got bunched up. But, you know, you've got some nice young pieces there. You got Reeves, you got guys like DJ Augustine. You, you have some pieces in Los Angeles that if Kyrie Irving goes there, along with LeBron James and with Horton Tucker and some of the youngsters there, that maybe that could be enough to get the Lakers at least to have a chance to run through the West, which I still believe is the better conference uh, between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. But I just, I'm not buying it with LeBron James on the Lakers. that he needs to go somewhere else if he wants to win another title. We did have the 76ers go from 15 to 1 to 11 to 1. Uh, from last week to this week, uh, Nuggets not really any kind of a precipitable move. Fifteen to one to sixteen to one. Same thing with the Mavs. Uh, the Grizzlies up a little bit. They went from fifteen to one to seventeen to one. Uh, and then the Nets, of course, they. I guess if you want to look at it, because we knew that Durant was leaving, uh, very likely leaving. And I mentioned that the the biggest move was the Lakers from twenty two to one to eleven to one. This obviously was the biggest move entirely. But for much different reason, because I, I thought we've known this for a little while. Obviously, the Kyrie and, and Durant were likely gone. They were seven to one to win the title. Now they are thirty to one. And if they lose even just one of those players, they got no chance. I think they had a chance with those players last year. They lose them both. They're a lottery team. That's just the way. As I said, the NBA cookie has been crumbling for better or worse. I know some of you don't care about these players leaving every other year. I do. There's you know somebody to be said about tradition isn't there and. Players, you know, trying to win for a franchise, not just follow the money all the time. Uh, but that's where we're at with the NBA. So there's your updated NBA title odds movement as we're here in the summer. You're going to get closer and closer to training camps before you know it. All right, that's going to do it for our number one. We'll talk with uh, betting analyst for Yahoo, a little tennis action. Pam Malinato, she'll join us coming up next. It's Dan Leach in for Tim Murray and Sean King on the nightcap right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 